Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to education on subjects they don't include in school curriculums. I'm your host, Jack, and thank you so very much for tuning back in. I really, really appreciate you checking out this podcast. I put a lot of work into it, so please know that it is appreciated. For today's episode, I wanted to give some perspective on an animal that is considered a lot of people's favorite animal, and it's a valid opinion to have. It's a cool animal with a lot of neat things to appreciate about it, but I just want to make sure that anyone who considers it their favorite animal knows exactly what they're worshiping. I don't know why I'm playing this off like I'm going to surprise you with what animal it is. There's a title. You've read it. You already know that we're talking about bottlenose dolphins. No one is shocked. So let's go ahead and talk about them. And more specifically, why I don't think it's vanilla to love them. If you have 17 weird crystal dolphins on your mantelpiece and think that dolphins are the humans of the sea, there's nothing wrong with that. Although I'm sure the mermaid crowd will disagree with you. The bottlenose dolphin, as in the species, not the genus, is the most common and well-known dolphin in the world. It's your typical dolphin-looking dolphin. It's the one that you see in parks and stuff, opinions on that practice notwithstanding, but also every single salty body of water except for the polar regions. Actually, I've forgotten that there are salty lakes, so I guess every single sea and ocean except for the polar regions. And they're also plentiful. They're definitely not considered endangered, which is great because too many animals are on that red list. It belongs to the family Delphinidae, and I'm sure you can hear the slight sound of dolphin in the name Delphinidae, so it's probably not a huge leap to figure out where the name came from. <laughs> but the bottlenose part of their name comes from their snout looking like an old-fashioned gin bottle. But if I'm honest, I really don't see it. <laughs> Not only is the bottlenose dolphin the most famous, it's also the largest of the dolphins. With a max length of 13 feet or 4 meters and a max weight of 1,100 pounds. And remember, I said max, not average. Average is going to be closer to 700, I think. But generally, dolphins in the Pacific are larger, but dolphins in colder waters and non-coastal waters definitely tend to be the largest. Real quick, does anyone else get absolutely astounded by how heavy some animals are? Are they just denser than humans or something? Like, I get that 13 feet is pretty long, but it seems wild to me that a dolphin can be a thousand pounds, more than a thousand pounds. Like, maybe they're just absolutely shredded, pure fucking muscle, just dense muscle, and that's why they weigh so much. <laughs> I don't know. All right, moving past that. Dolphins are classified as re-entrants. So what does that mean? Well, you remember how millions and millions of years ago, well, okay, you probably don't remember, you probably weren't alive, but millions of years ago, some asshole fish grew legs and started walking on land, and thus all terrestrial animals sprung to life from that. Dolphins evolved from a land animal, not one of the animals that never followed that one asshole fish who explored land. So they re-entered the water, therefore re-entrance. More specifically, they evolved from even-toed ungulates. If I'm saying that right, probably not. Ungulates are hooved animals. Living even-toed ungulates would be things like sheep or camels, hippos, pigs, deer, the like. The bottlenose also has an uncommonly flexible neck due to five of their vertebrae not being fused together like in a lot of other dolphin species. Not saying that to make any kind of point, I just think it's kind of weird and thought it was worth mentioning. <laughs> they also have big brains. Lots of people know that dolphins are really smart. It's one of the main things about dolphins is that they're smart. The other main thing is that they're massive assholes, but we'll talk about that later. First, we're going to talk about their brains. And like I said, they're big. Brain mass of 1,500 to 1,700 grams, which is a little bit larger than a human's brain. 
Dolphin brains also have a paralimbic lobe, which isn't present in land animals, including humans. I'm mentioning this in hopes that maybe like a neurologist or something is listening and they can message me about the paralimbic lobe and the paralimbic cortex and are those the same thing? I tried to figure out why it's significant that a dolphin would have it and land animals don't. And I'm seeing some conflicting information that it could be for sensory processing, but also possibly emotional processing. I don't know, I'm not a brain doctor, so I couldn't sift through the information properly. So that means I'm gonna move on before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> it's also currently believed that dolphins only sleep with one hemisphere of their brain at a time possibly to control breathing because dolphins are voluntary breathers. They don't just automatically breathe without thinking about it, which actually means that anesthesia can cause them to suffocate. What's more, their brainstem transmission time is actually faster than in humans. It's about the same speed as transmission times found in rats. The transmission time, in addition to the paralimbic lobe, probably help in essentially being able to see and make judgments quickly using echolocation. Echolocation is actually their primary sense, which shows in their brain structure. The area responsible for acoustic or sound processing is 10 times larger than in a human brain, whereas the area for image processing is about one-tenth of the size. Von Economo neurons, or however it's pronounced, have also been discovered in their brains, and that has been linked to emotions, social cognition, and even the theory of mind, which is basically the ability to sense or figure out what others are thinking. And I'm mentioning all of this to say that dolphins are fucking smart, dude. Several researchers have ranked them equal to elephants. It's why the US Navy has employed them since the 60s. They can recognize themselves in a mirror, they can recognize individual numbers and numerical continuity. They're even capable of complex play like blowing bubbles or getting high on pufferfish toxins. Or like I mentioned in a previous episode, being dicks to whale sharks. <laughs> but they're not always dicks, just most of the time. <laughs> but they have been observed helping out beached whales and stranded divers, which is very, very nice. But back to them being smart assholes, one dolphin has shown that they have awareness of the future. She was a captive dolphin and had learned to expect rewards for keeping her tank clean by bringing trash or whatever else to the keepers. So she started hoarding trash, hiding it under a rock, then bringing them in really, really small pieces in order to get more fish. Absolutely playing the system. I'm in love. They're also capable of using tools, and I guess kinda creating armor. They've been observed using sponges to cover their snouts and prevent abrasions while looking for food around coral and rocks and other sharp things. They're also able to understand sentences using gestures rather than words made by humans, and they're able to use a keyboard to request specific items or toys. So many scientists, I mean not all, but many scientists also believe that dolphins possess self-awareness, despite the term being kind of hard to define and even harder to test for. Self-awareness is believed to be the precursor for metacognitive thinking, which is a fancy word that just means thinking about thinking, which is pretty fucking cool that there are some animals out there that might actually be capable of that. I mean, a lot of what we see with dolphin learning is really, really similar to what we see with young human children. Although that definitely does make you consider the ethics of some practices such as Japan's annual slaughter of hundreds of dolphins in the Taiji Cove. Psych, I am not questioning that. I am pretty firm on my stance about that. There's actually a quite a large debate about the ethics of how we treat some animals like dolphins that check off all the ticks that could define personhood. They're aware of their environment, they're capable of empathy and self-restraint, they have emotions and individual personalities, and they give each other names. They even like to get high like humans. It's a combination that's really, really rare in the world, 
So that makes it pretty baffling that a whole ass government can condone mass culling, especially considering it's not done for the ecosystem or safety or anything that can be effectively argued, literally just for a couple exotic dishes. And they kill so many that the whole ass cove turns cherry red. This year's season just ended and they killed over 700. Super cool, I guess. Moving on. I know that's not why you guys are here. I know you guys are here to listen to me talk about dolphin dicks. So, time to talk about dolphin dicks. First things first, their dicks are semi-prehensile. <laughs> if you didn't catch episode 10 where I gave out awards for different dicks in the animal kingdom, definitely go listen to it. I am very, very proud of it. But also, that's where I explain the term prehensility. I'll reiterate right now, but go check out that episode. It basically means the ability to grasp or hold. The ability to use an appendage, such as a penis, like a finger. So dolphin dicks are semi-prehensile, which means they kind of have the ability to grab onto things, which is scary. <laughs> like, I'm really glad that humans don't. Researching animal penises is a little difficult, especially because most of the time, the research has to be done with deceased animals. So they have to manually inflate the penis in order to study the mechanics. Like, sure, you can find videos of dolphins getting busy in captivity, but you can't see the mechanics of what's going on inside. Although I've discovered that scientists have flash frozen lizards and fruit flies for that exact purpose, which is exactly how I request to die. And the only reason I bring this up is because I wanted to say that I was reading an interview with a very smart lady, Dr. Diane Kelly, and her title was listed as a penis inflation expert. <laughs> the shit I would do to be referred to as a penis inflation expert. Oh my God. Like either scientifically or as like a general compliment. <laughs> she also mentioned it's difficult to inflate cetacean penises because they're fibroelastic, which means they're riddled with collagen and that makes them stiff even when they're flaccid. <laughs> but surely a trivial problem for a penis inflation expert. <laughs> also, maybe that's something that human penis doctors can look into as like an alternative to Viagra. Probably not a viable option, but it's making me happy thinking about it. <laughs> So Dr. Kelly worked with doctors Dara Orbach and Patricia Brennan, I hope I got their names right, to create 3D CT scans of simulated intercourse between marine mammals. That includes dolphins. That also includes creating molds of dolphin vaginas, <laughs> which, by the way, if you don't recognize her name, you may recognize Dr. Brennan's work on duck sex, which is terrifying and therefore will be included in this podcast at a later date, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, the trio had a weird collection of 140 marine mammal genitalia, which is a significantly larger collection than my own. And before you grab your pitchforks, the genitals were harvested from animals that died due to non-human causes. They hit up agencies that had performed necropsies on discovered dolphin carcasses and were like, you gonna use those penises? And the agencies replied with, what the fuck no? And they sent them over. Apparently they didn't need them. Then they had to inflate the penises in order to create proper molds, eventually using a $35 beer keg filled with saline, then pumping in nitrogen gas in order to create the right amount of pressure to inject the stuff used to create the mold. At this point, they had molds of vaginas and penises. So the next step was obvious. They put the penises inside the vagina. Postmortem copulation. Not sure if that counts as necrophilia, but it definitely counts as science. They then sewed the vaginas shut and did a CT scan to see how the puzzle pieces fit together. The pictures of which will be uploaded to Fonication's Instagram. Naturally. <laughs> Definitely still waiting for all those dicks to get me banned. It was then discovered that basically the only way for successful penetration to occur is for the male to be on top with his penis hooked underneath the female. 
And penetration has to be kind of perfect because salty seawater is bad for sperm, which is weird, right? Anyways, they discovered this exactly as I expected them to by basically just using the vagina mold and fucking it with the penis mold just in different positions, just making it work. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> they had good samples for both sets of genitalia for four species, including the bottlenose dolphin, but also the harbor seal, the harbor porpoise, and the short-beaked common dolphin. They had a good sample of a table-sized orca penis, but sadly, no vagina. Maybe that'll change by the time I do my orca episode. The three doctors managed to discover that dolphin vaginas are a little bit more twisty-turny than previously thought, and have a good amount of folds, which could possibly be used to control paternity. Like, for example, if the female doesn't want dude bro inside of her to be the baby daddy, a little shift to the side could get the sperm trapped inside of a fold so they never reach the egg. Also, the doctors are considering using the vaginal molds to create fleshlights for dolphins. <laughs> Although it probably won't help the males find the clitoris. Yes, female dolphins have clitorises. They plan to use it to assist in artificial insemination, clearly missing out on the obvious capitalist venture of creating dolphin fleshlights for humans. Because God knows if a dragon dildo can be popular, a dolphin vagina is bound to be equally lucrative. Although I'm not actually positive of the size of the vagina. It might have to be scaled down. <laughs> Real quick though, the male dolphin can probably find the clitoris just fine. It's internal rather than external, so it gets stimulated plenty. But sadly, we don't have a concrete answer on whether or not she can reach an orgasm. Fingers crossed that she can. Alright, so I've spoken plenty on the mechanics of sex, but how about mating? The romance? The dance? For starters, while dolphins absolutely do form very strong social bonds, and bonds of varying levels, much like humans, they are polygamous, and they have sex year-round. Also, they end up mating a lot, as many as 15 times in 15 minutes with two or three males. No slut-shaming on my channel, please, especially because they don't get a whole lot of say in their suitors. When they do have sex, bottlenose dolphins will create a kind of T-shape, like the letter T, with the male crossing the female at the midline. It is not a move I recommend bringing into human bedrooms that would kill the mood immediately. Often, males will actually work together to isolate or essentially kidnap a female for weeks at a time and then wear her down and beat her with their tails until she's more receptive to sex. Remember how I call them assholes? They have also been observed killing a female's child so that she'll go into estrus faster and they can impregnate her sooner. Although they don't always fuck with babies for sex, sometimes they do it for fun. A group of vacationers shot a video of a dolphin spinning around a baby porpoise and brutalizing it to the point where its back broke and the soft tissue just shattered. The porpoise wasn't like a rival or competing for resources or it, like the dolphin didn't eat it. It just fucked with it. So I guess rather than romance, it seems that dolphin sex is violent and coercive. And it comes with genital warts. And that wraps up today's episode. Don't forget to check out Phonication on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook where I like to upload pictures and other weird shit. If you like this podcast, please, please leave a review on iTunes. It really does help out a lot. And if you really like this podcast, please subscribe to the Patreon where you'll get a free t-shirt, help out shark saving charities, get some stickers, and support this podcast. Don't forget to tune in next hump day for another disturbing episode. Bye!